Hello and welcome to another edition of the Culture Hour. I'm thrilled today to have a guest, but before we get started with uh, introducing you to Lindsay, my name is Shelly Smith. I am the founder of the Culture Hour and my wonderful uh, colleague in crimes and partnership, Elizabeth Valise, is out on site today. But I promise you're gonna see the two of us back in action doing our yin and yang and <laughs> stirring up and disrupting all the stuff that's going on out there because it's never a dull moment in the business world. But without further ado, I would like to introduce you to Lindsay Satterfield. She is the best um, productivity coach, trainer, expert, that you're ever gonna meet. She resides in the DC market, but um, I don't wanna steal her thunder. Lindsay, tell the group about uh, what it is that you do, and we'll go from there. Oh, thank you, Shelly, and thank you so much for inviting me. You know, I did a little prep work, and I looked back at some other episodes, and I feel really um, honored to be in such good company. So thank you very, very much Welcome. for the invitation. So a little bit about me. I have had my own business for 13 years, and I do productivity training and coaching and consulting um, up until now with businesses and organizations. And uh, starting in the last two months, I'm now making it more public and available to others as well in the sort of public square. So that's exciting for me. And, uh, and yeah, so I've been working a lot in the international development world, um, providing productivity training and coaching. And that's afforded me this awesome opportunity to travel into to different places like Peru and Argentina, to Rwanda, to, to Indonesia. And one of the things that I have found up close and personal is that we all are struggling with the same things. Um, certainly, um, we're in an environment, this beautiful technology that we have um, allows <laughs> us, yeah, allows all the information to flow um, beautifully and quickly. And it's sort of democratized both the opportunities and the challenges that we have in, in the workplace and in, in uh, not just in making our work productive, but also our lives productive. So yeah. I really do work with people on um, how to have the impact that they really want to have. And that's usually why they come to me is that there's something challenging them. Well, I bet um, every single one of us, every single viewer, and probably everybody walking down the street could use your <laughs> services. I, you know, when you hear people talk about time, or I can't do this, or I can't do that, or, you know, the emails buzzing, um, I mean, it's definitely a huge uh, challenge. And you guys can hear my emails buzzing because from a technology <laughs> standpoint, I can't figure out how to tell Siri to turn the darn thing off. Um, I, before we dive into some common things that you see, I am curious because you've been doing this for uh, quite a while from a technology standpoint do you think all of our new you know apps that do this and that are helping people or making it even more cumbersome from when you started 13 years ago to today I'm curious. yeah it's a it's an, a great question and I don't think it has a one-sided answer I think it's certainly um, afforded us great opportunities and great sort of time-saving things and mind-saving things. And on the other hand, um, I think we haven't really learned how to use them with care, right? Yeah. So, so um, these are potent tools and the information flowing through our inbox alone, I mean, just use email, um, is 
really powerful. It has a powerful effect on the brain. Um, internet usage has a powerful effect on the brain. In fact, surfing the internet is very similar to how the brain works. So we love it. We just love being in there. So one of the things that I see is um, the need to be, you know, a, a informed consumer, you know, an informed user of these tools and have some disciplines around them. Otherwise, what happens is they will take over. They are very powerful. So that's a lot of what I, I need to teach in my trainings and in my coaching is how to take back some of that control, but also use them, you know, use the tools that are available. It also, right. I mean, I do want to add, it gives us tremendous flexibility as well. You know, yeah. lots of people can work from wherever yes. and um, that's the upside and that's also the downside, right? Never Everyone, you're reachable. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> exactly. As I'm like panicking, looking down, going, oh, I forgot to turn my phone off. Right. Uh, right. You know, the noise box. Well, <clears throat> I think this conversation could be one that we could do multiple times. <laughs> yes. um, but I want to, I want to zero in. I mean, obviously this is the culture hour. So I want to hear, um, the lack of productivity obviously is going to diminish the efficiency of the culture. So I think everybody kind of knows that. The whirlwind of the day and the dysfunctionality of how we manage our time and organization really crushes us and stresses us out. So what are some common things that you see and then I know towards the end, you're going to give us some, some tips and some of your, share some of your knowledge, but just kind of tell us what you're seeing out there, um, common threads, just to make us all feel better that yes. we're just not all, oh my gosh. I know. I think um, half my job is to, you know, have everyone assured that they're not alone, right? <laughs> that this, we're all in this together, quite literally. So um, yeah. So uh, in terms of a common thing, I would say one of the dominant things I hear from almost anyone that takes my training or anyone that I coach is this feeling that they're super busy. <laughs> they get to work, they are super busy. And then at the end of the day, they're exhausted and not fulfilled. They don't yes. actually feel like they got the thing done. You know, that beautiful list they created or whatever yeah. didn't happen. So um, what I'm seeing and, and part of what I like to train to is this sort of default way that we approach work. So you can show up at work and get busy without having to do a single thing or make a single decision, right? Yeah. You can just default to whatever is coming your way. So, um, and I think we live a lot like that, um, this meeting and this emergency, and we're in this you know, one of the things that people tell me that they're frustrated with is being in the emergency mode. Yes. And what's looming is that big long-term project that they're not getting to, right? Yeah. So um, that big long-term project, surprise, surprise, actually has to happen in the short term, right? You have to start yeah. doing it in the short term. There is no long-term achievement out there. So, and people recognize that. Yeah. So one of the things I compare it to is like eating cotton candy, you know, so you, you go and um, show up at work, you're super busy, you're emailing away, and the time ticks by, you've been to 15 meetings, and then you go home, but you don't feel fulfilled, like that cotton candy, you have a quick hit, and then it's over. So, yeah. you know, how do we, um, let me mention one other thing, because when I get to some solutions, I think this will make some sense. Um, one of the things is 
a lack of decision-making that I see. And, and I'm not talking about big monumental decisions. I'm talking about what do I do with this email, basically? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what do I do with this? And what we do with our email, for example, is we look at this, we freak ourselves out, and then we go on to the next, you know? And um, there's a real addictive quality to that. But one thing that, um, you know, I try to teach is helping people to really design their day and really um, get more decision making in it. Um, one of the things that I also see is um, motivation starts to plummet um, around all this. So let me let me back up and explain that. And I think this has a big implication for cultures. So when uh, two things actually really um, leverage or ignite motivation, and they are control and meaning, those two things. Now, when you live in the reaction mode, you've, you're out of control and you don't have a sense of meaning because you're doing everybody else's agenda. Yeah. So it starts to feed this cycle of, of disengagement. So a lot of times um, people will bring me in because uh, uh, an organization will bring me and because they did a staff survey out that there's low engagement you know this yeah. is a, a big yeah. hot word right low engagement people aren't engaged in their work so one of the things we have to look at is how do we build a sense of control and a sense of meaning into our work and I will yeah. take a breath so that you can speak <laughs> if you want to add no no no, no. <laughs> I, I completely um that it all of that resonates with me because it's interesting when people, so much is thrown into that disengagement term that mm -hmm. is, has, one has nothing to do with the other oftentimes. Mm -hmm. We think what is in disengagement is the satisfaction um, of the company itself, and it's mm. not, it's the satisfaction of that fulfillment above right. and beyond, you know, feeling seen, valued, and heard. So that's kind of what was going on in my head that I, I love what you're saying. So please continue. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because we, you know, we still have remnants in our, in our work cultures, sort of the industrial model, right? And yeah. the industrial model is a compliance model, right? Yeah. It's like, we're going to do the same task over and over again, and we've gotten it down really well, and we're going to make it um, more efficient. And the way we make it more efficient is we do it either faster or we, um, or we build in more efficiency to it. We do less, yeah. but we do it more efficiently. Yeah. And that's really not the economy that we're working in. We're working in much more of a connection economy. And there's a lot more pieces and sort of obviously the information economy, but there are a lot more pieces that go into being effective and engaged. So I look for how, how can I bring back um, decision-making? I mean, I, I even wonder, you know, just from your experience, when I look at HR departments, for example, I see this sort of inherent tension that exists between the need for compliance, right, and protection of the organization and the need for development. So one's yeah. a constriction and one's an expansion. Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the things that I, I work with my clients on is how do we bring more decision-making opportunity for people in their work? Um, and, and there's a, a lot of different ways to do that, but that is key, I think. Um, and I'll even bring it back to something really simple, and that's called consent. And, and that is that um, these little words, yes and no, right? That um, they're the most powerful words in the universe and a, 
a toddler knows that the minute they start using them very abundantly. (laughs) What do they feel? The minute they say no, or the minute they say yes, they see that they're having an impact. They have a sense of control. And um, what I see in the people that I work with is we tend to default to either be a yes person or a no person. And neither of those is actually accurate. They're just sort of a default position. So the only way that you can really make your yes mean something is if you find a way to sometimes say no. And, um, and, and the only way your no can mean something is if you also say yes. So um, really looking at um, what is my default position around decision-making and in particular, am I a yes person and agree to doing everything and then actually disappoint other people or myself in the process? Yeah. Gosh, you said so much that I love. You know, what I was thinking was, I was thinking about um, all of the automation that is upon literally everyone and that need for further connection and decision making. Mm -hmm. Um, And the more that we become automated, the decisions that we make through that automation become even more crucial. And the need to socialize and literally engage is amped up and there are so many individuals out there that are um, robotic like you were described in doing the same routines that even though you, they might behaviorally like that consistency and that methodical the reality is they are starting to feel a little robotic yeah and underappreciated and I think your point about the decision making is so incredibly accurate and mm-hmm. um, uh, one of the, the recent um, guests that we had on talked about outcomes and focusing on outcomes versus tasks. And I loved that. Awesome. Uh, yeah. I loved that. I was like, that's just a great way to sort of take the stress off of the, um, the notion of change, the yeah. notion of decision making, you know, right. in, this, in this conversation. So I love that. Again, especially because of all the automation that's coming. And then you're right. The HR department is... Um, kind of fighting tooth and nail, if you will, survival of being the strategist versus that technical robot behind the scenes and doing just task and more Mm -hmm. of that strategic business partner um, on a day-to-day basis. And with that comes that human element. And with that comes that need for decision-making. And it's not necessarily them doing the decisions, but it's them having conversations with people. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Amazing. talk. (laughs) Um, But them having the desire and the fortitude to push the conversations to get people to think um, Mm -hmm. strategically and dynamically to um, to make those decisions so I I love where you've where you've gone with that so I'm sorry I could just I I I know so much and it's so applicable yeah yeah yeah. it's a it's an awesome topic because really we're talking about how do we engage people um, how do we engage ourselves to really have an impact that we want to have? So you mentioned something um, which made me think of meetings and how much people love meetings, right? <laughs> so, you know, we know that about 68% of the people say that their meetings are not productive. And when you look at organizations and see how much they're meeting, that represents a huge financial, a huge human resources cost, a huge innovation and creativity cost. And what's interesting is what we're using, you know, you talked about socializing things. We're socializing the wrong things. We're socializing an update, you know, a fact. When, when you bring people together, what you want to be socializing is, is strategy, is creativity, is innovation. So really also understanding just from a practical perspective, 
why do we meet? When do we meet? Yeah. Um, do we meet about something that I could read in about 10 seconds on my email, which would be a better use? Or, and are you going to problem solve with me on my email, which is a horrible use of email? Yes. So it's like learning what tool and what mechanism works for what objective, essentially. I love that too. I just, uh, yesterday's meeting, I did a team meeting for a small financial group and um, we did a few exercises that uncovered that communication around meetings. And in their case, it was, they were always canceling their meetings. And I, you know, I said to them, do you cancel meetings with clients? And they were like, well, no. And I said, well, you're, you are your own clients. If you guys right. never meet, Right. But if you're going to meet, meet with yeah. intention. Yeah. If not, then you're right. It's so I'm agreeing with you again. You either it's the lack of, of the, the meetings. They don't, they're non-existent and everything mm -hmm. goes through email or not at all. Or they go to the extreme and meet over literally everything. And you're like, oh my God, are you kidding? Another <laughs> right. when am I supposed to implement anything when it, my exactly. entire day is filled with meetings? Well, exactly. I think the meeting part is a huge um, disconnect for everybody watching. Yeah. So um, as we this, believe it or not, we've we've already almost <laughs> been on for 20 minutes or maybe a little over. Can you give some tips? Um, you started to uh, around the meeting things, or maybe just I don't know top three, top five do's don'ts, and then yeah, we'll, we'll for sure. wrap on this. So go ahead. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So for meetings, this is a really interesting one. Um, you want to keep well. Let me give you sort of the the wild one, which is shorten meetings. Do not make them an hour. We default to the hour thinking, I don't know who created the hour long meeting. Not all meetings need an hour long. And so what we do is we fill, you know, work fills a time. So we fill it with other stuff. So yeah. make your meeting more focused on a smaller topic, on a singular topic and a singular creative decision-making opportunity and make it 20 minutes. So I'm going to tell you what happens if it's 20 minutes. Okay. You'll socialize some of the content beforehand, right? People will come actually prepared to do the work in the meeting. Mm -hmm. um, and this is actually taken from what Toyota used to do years ago um, okay. in their innovation around meetings. Um, also, people will not be late to your meetings. A 20-minute meeting, you're not late for. If you're late for it, you've missed it, right? Yeah. And, um, and, you, and you actually accomplish work because you have constraints. Constraints always amp up productivity and innovation. So it's a, it's a beautiful way to make, you know, to make a meeting work. Not all meetings will fit into that, but also look at, do I need a 40 minute meeting or a 30 minute meeting or a 25 minute meeting? The other thing I would say is get the right people in the room. This is not where you, you know, in the, in the sort of heart of working, this is not necessary unless this is the intention of the meeting this mm -hmm. isn't uh, just about everyone feeling good and included because they need to hear right so who are the right players for this particular action that we're going to take in this meeting so get the right people in the meeting make it crystal clear what the focus and goal of the meeting is and then have a way for capturing things that are really fantastic that come up that you do want to address that you don't want to have lost so those uh -huh. are a couple things. <laughs> I wrote I wrote those down. Took oh, good. good. So I'm going to recap that, and I'm going to put it on the the little ticker here. So I heard you say, um, um, not necessarily in the same over, but in be very intentional about the meeting. Maybe right. one to, one topic. Right. Um, give some notes ahead of time. Twenty minutes. Be very clear on start and end, and have the right people there 
and capture the outcome. Did I get that right? Absolutely. Beautiful. Perfect. You're, I love you're a that. great student. <laughs> so I'm going to, you know, now I feel really bad because I told my client yesterday, um, you know, one team meeting, beans are doing none, one team meeting once a month. And we talked about, you know, the intentionality, but I said for no more for one hour. So now I feel bad. I'm going <laughs> to, you need to watch this video. Um, but I did tell her on her one-on-ones to do like stand-up meetings. I love stand-up yes, meetings. Stand-up meetings. Stand-up meetings are awesome. And I've implemented that in a variety of places and it's great for information sharing. One other cool thing, yeah. a walking meeting. Oh, um, yes. If you have just two people or three people, um, it's awesome for the brain because we, we tend to be more creative and strategic when we're in movement. So we're in these like, you know, oftentimes sort of the most unproductive environments when we meet, but take it for a walk. It'll really um, allow you to have greater ideas and also get oxygen to the brain, which always helps with productivity. <laughs> I love that too. Um, tell the audience, you've, you've got a Facebook group and you also, I think, are starting something around that whole um, taking the walk, the jogging, the sort of the thoughts. Because I, I know when I'm stressed, or when yeah. I just need a break, every time I'm on a walk or a run that's really just a fast walk, um, right. I, I get style. all of these ideas. I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. So, so don't you have a, a Facebook group or you're going to be yes. doing something? So tell yeah. the audience so, and find that. Yeah. So I have a Facebook group called Productivity Power. And um, in that, I think what you're referring to is I, I go right running, jogging, whatever you want to call it, fast walking. And, um, you know, I'm using that as an opportunity. A lot of my better ideas come from there. And, um, you know, you're right in with how our brains work when you, when you talk about that, because <clears throat> what they have found is it's actually when we're not focused on a topic. So we get all the inputs, right? And when we're not focused on a topic, we actually do the problem solving and have what's called insight. It's literally a flash in the brain. It's like on the right side and it just flashes and you go, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm so smart. <laughs> so um, yeah, so I've been doing some posts around some of the um, uh, sort of the run walks that I've been taking and uh, around the, the topic of productivity. And uh, yes, and I'm also, I've started my online course, which is Workflow Mastery. It's how you can have a method in all this madness to to really not spend so much time as you were saying on all the incoming inputs but really to direct it towards um to manage all of that because we have to manage it but to direct it towards the outcomes that that you want and people can always find me at um, lindsaysatterfield.com beautiful <laughs> this is definitely one that i bet um i bet the audience is going to ask for more of you i love this it's def everything that you do and you talked about today is is circled around any industry um any trade whatsoever, whether you're a, a, a sole entrepreneur or you are managing hundreds or thousands of people within your workforce. So I think these are great tips that you gave great. today and we so appreciate it. So on behalf of my cohort, Elizabeth Feliz <laughs> uh, and myself, we definitely thank you. So oh, thank you. <laughs> so another wrap on another culture hour. If you've got a topic, if you've got a question, hit Elizabeth or myself up. We always give our information at the end of the video here. So until the next time, um, have a great day. Remember, people matter, so culture matters. Until then, my name is Shelly Smith, the proud owner of Premier Rapport. Have a great day.
Thank you for joining me and another guest for the Culture Hour. If you want to go back to past episodes, make sure you follow the podcast on any of your favorite apps and devices. If you're looking for a daily dose, a little short snippet, then all you need to do is hop over to the other podcast called Your Morning Commute. Thank you again for tuning in. If you're looking for questions, other speakers, more topics, by all means, reach out. Shelly at PremierReport.com. Remember, culture isn't built in a day. Culture is built every day. Are you spending your money and your time and energy on repairs? Are you spending your time and your energy defining and maintaining? Be safe out there.